<laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I was told the full topic is Titan and Christian giving. Yes, <laughs> I like the Christian giving part because, <laughs> and if I remember, I was given um, two days, today and tomorrow. Yes. Uh huh. So today, let's do the Christian giving part. Um, indeed. There are many, 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 many controversies, needless controversies when it comes to Christian giving. Because the Bible says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Matters of money, property, really touches the heart of people. Touches the heart of people. And always a story is told by one uh, man of God, Reverend Shambach. He said he went to preach somewhere about tithes. And as his experience was, whenever he preached about tithes, the smile on people's faces actually disappeared. But this time, these people were smiling ear to ear. So he noticed, no, these people are not getting the message I'm preaching. So he repeated, I said, if you get $100, $10 is a tithe. They were so smiling. Ah. I mean, if you get $1,000, Hundred dollars belong to the Lord. They were so smart. Ah, then the Holy Ghost prompted him that the people there are farmers, so they usually don't deal with money much. He said, "Aha! Uh-huh. I mean, if your hand gives birth, uh, lays hundred eggs, ten belongs to God, and one person got as a man of God, you are not taking my eggs." He said, "Aha! You are not getting the message. <laughs> you are now getting the message of preaching. I mean, if your your, your cattle increases by 10, one belongs to God, then the, the smile disappears. So whenever it comes to giving, Christians are a bit reluctant to do so. But the God we serve, everything about him is giving, giving, giving. In fact, he's a giving God. Even in the very beginning, in the very beginning, he gave of himself. Because the Bible says that God is light. And there's no darkness in him at all. Bible says that in, when he was brooding over the firmament, when there was this chaos on this deepness, that there was no form, well, had no shape, he said, let there be light. In other words, he gave of himself unto the earth. Before there could be day, before there could be night. He gave of this light to the sun, he gave of this light that reflects from the moon. And so from the very beginning, God has been a giving God. Indeed, the Bible says again that call out to me the people who through offering have a covenant with God. In other words, there is no Christianity, there is no believing, there is no faith without giving. Giving is fundamental to every relationship. That is why in any relationship, when you don't want to give, you have started killing the relationship. Don't want to give your time, don't want to give your attention, don't want to give your concern. Don't only give the things that are valuable to you, that relationship has started dying. Every relationship is a giving relationship. And so is the relationship between us and God. That is why the Bible says that while we were sinning, Romans 5 8, while we were yet sinning, God gave His Son to us. The relationship began and has been sustained with giving. And the only way we can respond to that relationship is giving. One of the fundamental difficulties that has made giving difficult is because we lump the scriptures of giving 
together. And we are talking about a vow offering and then we, we make references to free will offering. We, we, we just mix it up together. And in that melting pot of confusion, we come up with doctrines which are doctrines of devils and not of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, so, in everything we do, remember, when you are, we, we have been Christians for a while. Some of us have been Christians for over, over a quarter of a, a century, as the 25 years, 10 years and more. Whenever you are not doing well as a Christian, you feel heavy in the spirit. Why do you feel heavy in the spirit? Because all you have been doing is being selfish, taking, let me take, when the desire comes, let me take from them, let, let me give a response, let me take. You know, you all we've been doing, normally when you come in, down to the spirit, all you do is take, 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 take. Oh, let me also give it to, to him. I also am a person, let me also, that's all we keep doing. We pay attention to what we need, what we need to have, what we need to receive. But once you are actually flying in the spirit, you become lighter because you are giving. You are giving your stomach. You are giving your pleasures. You are giving your food. You are giving all that concerns you. You are, you are, you are giving your time. You are forgiving others. See, everything is given in Christianity. You are forgiving others, actually. Yeah, that is why the Bible says in totality that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because the giving attitude is the Christian attitude. And that is also why, in fact, any young person who is selfish and taking, it doesn't matter how the person looks physically, over time you get tired of being around the person because it is not a godly behavior. The God we serve gives. The Bible says he gives both to the sinner and to the righteous. Hallelujah. Let's look at briefly these um, about five or six types of giving so that we will realize that these are not giving that you choose one and do. In each occasion in our life, one of these has to be done. One of them, which is quite popular, is what we call the free will offering. When somebody was asking in scripture, when in the Old Testament, that is it because it's free will offering? That is why you are bringing a stunted goat or a stunted sheep. Is it because it's free will offering? That's why you are bringing an animal that you will not bring if you are coming for an atonement offering. And then the, and then the scripture continues to say that no matter what form, Yes, let's read some scriptures. I think Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine verse seven. Since we have a lot of scholars here, Exodus thirty-five twenty-nine. A free will offering is an offering you give out of your own volition. That is why the church says that you should not remind people to give free will offering. It's something you give out of your own will, out without without any compulsion, without any prompting. It's, that's why we call it a free will offering. And free will offerings are to be cheerfully done because it's coming out of your own will. You should do it with all cheer, cheer, cheerfulness. So that is a free will offering. And basically you do it then because of something, gratitude, appreciation. You just do it because you, you, you feel led to do so. That, that's it. Can somebody open any of the scriptures? Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 or Exodus 35 29. So basically, um, in the Old Testament, free will offerings were also there. There are people who gave um, freely, 35, 29. People who gave freely, and even though they gave animals, or they gave something, it was still done freely. Or they gave some jewelry, 
or they gave some gold or anything like that. And so free will offering, yes. 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 Who wanted to assist? You cannot cajole, you cannot shame people into giving a free will offering. That is why the church said that when it comes to free will offering, we should put the vote there and let people decide to give free will offering. But you know, because the free will offering has become the offering that we use for local activities, people still try, you know. Well, one man said something and it was very funny. He's, He's one of the best coaches uh, that has emerged, uh, uh, basketball coaches in America. And he said he has won two Olympic gold medals. And they asked him, what is, the, what is the greatest secret of your coaching? He said, as a Catholic, one of the greatest secrets of my coaching is to shame the players into believing that if they do not win, it's, it's, it's their fault. <laughs> it, it, it's to make them feel so bad that if they don't give up their best, it's their fault. And they'll, and they'll do that for them to redeem themselves. That, that, that is what you do mostly in your pep talk. Yeah. We are seven, yes. Every man has been asking a cause in his heart. So let him be, not quoting or of necessity. For God loving and cheerful. Yeah. So this one is not the giving of, you know, there are some, some theologians who also want to um, stretch this scripture to to mean that it has something to do with the tithe, but we'll talk about it later. But this one is proportionate giving. You are giving as you have been blessed, freely, without necessity. Uh, there are 10 people here who, are, who have seen uh, to give $1,000. And then the eight are not coming. We are not going, you know. We are not going to do other people don't come. And then you come to serve other people don't give it. We are not going. <laughs> you, you, you see the pressure on you, especially if you are well to do, that you see he's putting not of necessity. And then the person gets up grudgingly and goes to give. It's not a free will offering. So that is the first kind of and it's a free will offering is, is just appreciation to God for his goodness. You know, and, and, and it's, it's for many, many, many things, but normally not for anything specific, actually. You just give it because you appreciate God. You love God. You know, it's a kind of love to God. The second one is what we call the welfare offering or the charity offering. Um, Acts chapter 20 verse 35. Welfare offering or charity offering. And usually in the church we, we have we bring a box and when we say people should give welfare offering and people are like, ah, but we've been giving, why, why don't you use some of the, the money we've been giving to, to run the Welfare, and then they are saying we should give another welfare offering. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Acts 20, 35. Um, we are talking about welfare offering. This is welfare for the needy. You know, usually in those days, needy were foreigners, orphans, and widows. They were basically the needy. Yes. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And I was, and I was a constant example to you in helping the poor. And I remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more, it is more blessed to give 
Yes. So here we we are having the disciple tell the people that I was a constant. Remember here he said I was a constant help to the poor. In other words, he was not poor. That's 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 what he means. He means I am not poor. But, but I was helping the poor. So it was not every time that the disciples were poor. Sometimes, as Paul said, I've learned to live in abundance. I've learned to live in lack and the rest. So to hear people preaching, to say this, this uh, latter day saints who think they know everything about the Bible. I mean, you see the way the disciples lived, you know, and now see how pastors are living. And even the disciples were living, you're not alive, alive. It could have been that those days, riding a donkey was equivalent to maybe having a, a venison, a total Corolla. What? I do one, yes. And you, are, you don't know, you are like the way they live and, and the rest. But here is the disciple himself saying, Yes, I was helping the poor. In other words, I am not poor. So he said, I was helping the poor. Charity offering, when you give to the poor, God said, You've lent to me. You know, of late, there were some people who were trying to preach against giving to the poor. Because the poor are so many. If you're a preacher, you don't take care. The people start giving to the poor, a lot of the money will be going there. So the preachers of late were a little, they didn't like this giving to the poor business. But at the point, they had to come and revise their notes. Giving to the poor is an integral part of Christian living. In fact, from the beginning, Genesis 2, I mean, giving to the poor, the, Jesus said, the poor you always have with you. In other words, there will always be a need to give to the poor. And the poor are obviously people who cannot help themselves. God does not encourage a lazy person. No lazy person is categorized as a, a poor person in the Bible. A poor person is the one who cannot fend for himself for some reason. Disabled, you know, old, um, child, not a lazy person. Bible says lazy people should not even be allowed to eat at all. We should not look after a young, don't even look after a young widow. Because after she's become a bit, okay, she may even decide to marry. That's what they were saying. So you can imagine, young, even a widow. Now, so the giving to the poor is lending to God, and you cannot outgive God once you, because it's God's responsibility. The Bible says He takes care of everybody. So it's like you are doing His work for Him. You are lending to Him. So, and, and you see, those days, what people understand is that in every time in our life, we have what we call momentary poverty. I said what happened to me once when I was going to, I was going to pick a car at the at a cross circle years ago and somebody picked my pocket the money i was going to eat for for the lord of at that point in, <laughs> at that point in time at that momentary point i became a poor person i literally had to beg for money to top up with my transport to in Coco where i was going you know i literally had to so these things help you see these things help you one day you'll be in some need your car has fallen somewhere and that time you have become a, a poor person no car no money to go anywhere and then you see angels who appear in a car and then they'll pick you up you know once some people did some for me i was at um i I, cook, I went to a place and i was looking for i had the car the battery had run down i went to stand by the roadside Maybe i did my hand like like that i thought it was the car was full so i was and then the car stopped and reversed i said where are you going i said well, my car is um what do you call it? No. I sat in the car and then I was going and then they said, oh, where are you going? I said, oh, my car, the battery, there's an issue with the battery. Said, oh, if you had told me earlier, I would know if you have come, I would have turned around and gone and gone with you. So they went where they could find somebody and when they could not find somebody, they came with me and there were about two or three singing in the car. I'm like, I was wondering, these people are they, 
a Christian group or something, and it was just a, a saloon car. They went back, descended, in fact, where the car was, you know, I mean, they had to descend the hill. I was like, hey, this, what are they going to on this thing? When they took their battery, when they sparked, I thought, oh, maybe this guy, I have to um, show a YouTube. I said, oh, after he finished, I said, oh, can you take it? Oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. They drove up again. I was like, they told me to move my car from, for them to say it was fine. I moved the car, they followed me. I was like, wow. I mean, it was just so unusual. And so, momentarily, sometime in life, you can come into a point of momentary poverty where you need intervention. If you are at the time when you're very poor, you also experience it where nobody will mind you because they think you are trying to dupe them or uh, they think you are, you dress so nicely and you are begging for money. I mean, well, don't you can't you work, you know? And it, it's a similar thing will happen to you. So every offering, like in the Old Testament, every offering and its purpose. Because the God we serve is a God of principle. Okay, and then we have this one. This one too is hardly done by people. Honoring of parents, actually. Honoring of parents. And this particular one, uh, the honoring of parents is not just respect. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> so what do we say honoring of parents? People equate it to respect. No. What you honor, you give offerings to. What you honor, you serve. So honoring of parents is not just respect. In fact, by and large, the honor parents need is that we look after them. That's the honor. You know, you cannot explain it any other way. You can't say my father is rich. Even if your father is rich, he still must take your money. Your mother, she still must take your money. And, and because there's a purpose for that. Matthew 15, 5 to 6. The Bible says that this one has guaranteed blessing. And the blessing is longevity. The blessing is living long. So that's the purpose for, for that offering. If you want to live long, give to your parents. Matthew 15, 5 to 6. If you want to live long, you give to your parents. There should be no excuse. Even if your father is Dangote, you must still give to him. Because he is your father. He gave you life on earth. Because of that, God has placed in him the power to also pray for that life to continue. So, who has opened the, uh, that particular place? When Jesus was talk talking about it? Maybe someone will say, oh, this one said, it's the Old Testament. Yeah. Five to six. But you say, even if your parents are in high needs, you may give their support money to them. Church, mm -hmm. church, church instead. Yes. And so, by your man made you, mm -hmm. you notify the direct command of God, honor and care for your parents. Yes. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you. These people say that, say they are you. But yes, if you are the type that your father or mother never says thank you to, you are in serious danger. <laughs> you know, this thing, some extreme preachers try to usurp it by saying because they are your spiritual father. But they try to take the role of the, of the um, father. You know, in, in, in the Greek, the father, we have Pate and we have uh, Abba Father. The fathers are two. They are fathers of origin fathers of beginning and then their biological fathers you know biological fathers those who are giving birth to the abba fathers i also have that spiritual right to actually speak into your life for you to prolong but people try to take this thing upon themselves and say because i am the founder of the church i am all of you your spiritual father 
And so they tried to take this honoring of father thing unto themselves. A similar thing was what was done as the scripture was saying. They brought this temple tax thing, this tax, and then because of that, people were not getting money to give to your parents. And they said, oh, but it's fine, you know, I'm taking care of the spiritual father. So, if, I mean, the, 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 the priest and the other spiritual father. So if I'm taking care of them and, and mommies, I mean, it's okay. And, and Jesus says, it's okay. It is not okay. That is a different function. They, they, they have their different offering. So if you look at the offerings I'm listening, you realize that your 90% is very busy. <laughs> Just like it's, it's not all the time that you are done simultaneously. Your 90% is very busy because the money is not yours. You are still what? Um, you are just looking after the money that God has given you. So that is the honoring of parents. It's very crucial. Honor your father and mother so that your days will be long on earth. This is where it comes from. Now we have the fourth one, which is the seed sowing of half of this one. If you're in charismatic circles and you don't know it, and they talk, talk about the parable of the sower and the rest. A principle of life God has set when Noah came out of the ark is that uh, seed time and harvest time will never end. It's a principle. I call it the mother of all physical laws. It's the mother of all physical laws. Seed time, everything. You have cause and effect and the rest. Sometimes people even try to call it karma and the rest. And, you, and the Bible said it clearly, do not be deceived. In fact, one of the cardinal signs of deception, deception is that you want to reap where you have no sown. He said, do not be deceived. A man cannot be more. You reap whatever you sow. You reap it. And so the principle of sowing and reaping applies to both believers and unbelievers. And that is the one when you say that I, I want to sow into this man's life. I want to sow into I want to sow into a car. You know, such a one I want to buy something. I sow into it. The money has been tight already. But then I also take money and say, I'm sowing into getting this particular car. You know, I'm sowing to get this. You are, you are sowing. If the, what you have sown is not a seed enough, you are supposed to prompt you to add more to it. You know, and money which is not enough to be eaten is seed money. It's not chopping money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So seed money is what you try to, to trigger that spiritual principle of seed time and harvest time. Since you want a harvest, why don't you sow each seed so you can get the harvest? You know, so that is a seed time and harvest time. So it's, it's in circumstances where you do those things. Some people have to sow for quite a while before you reap. There are some, there are some um, trees or fruit-bearing trees that may, may grow for seven years before they bear. It means you must keep watering the seed, you know, until they bear fruit. Hallelujah. And that one too is in the Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And what the Bible says that if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You know, it's, it's proportionate. Most of the things you do with seed and the rest are proportionate. An offering, they are proportionate. This one too is a proportionate offering. The more you do it, the more you get. That's why there are some blessings you can pray till, till you sweat blood. You'll never get. There are some things in your life you will never, it will never come to you on the spell of it because it has to be sown into. Otherwise, it will never happen. Sometimes somebody will tell you, I receive, I've, I've been giving 17 cars. Ask him how many cars he has given out. You cannot receive things you don't sow. So people are sitting there claiming, binding, receive. No, 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 no. There are things if you don't sow, you can't receive. And it happens, it's because of the 
lot of seed time and uh, harvest time. Um, then we also have uh, last but one, um, yeah, first fruit, first fruit offering, first fruit offering. Whoa, this one is a lot in the our brothers in the charismatics. First fruit offering. Sometimes people confuse first fruit with tithes, um, and it's because of the requirements of the of the tithe under the law. In the in the requirements of the tithe under the law, your first, your first. Now, if you are counting, you are, you are counting and you count at the same the first thing, as opposed to the time, that is a law thing. And Bible says it's hallowed. If you don't, if you don't, if you replace any of the first ten with any other, it will attract a penalty. Actually. But actually, there is such a thing as first fruit, which is very different from um, what do you call it. I can say first fruit is like a, a bigger set. And that we tighten can fall, that is tighten under the law. But first fruit is itself also a practice. And it was done um, in many places around the world. Where when you get a harvest, you give some to the chief. The very first, when you kill a big animal, maybe the tie goes to the chief. The same thing applied to the Israelites. When they had their first fruit, literally, they had to give uh, the first fruit to God, actually. But you know, sometimes all these things is, is you know how the mango happen. Imagine that if I say that the mango that will come in a month, I'm, I'm gathering all the mango in a month and call the first fruit. Of course, some mango started around one, two. That's the one I'm talking about. But you see, that is you always see a difference between a prosperity message and a balanced message by the extreme that it goes. But now people are saying that uh, you know because it's the first month, the first month. Let's say you are. The first salary, the first month, not the first week, the first month. Because it's the first time you receive a salary. Take all the first month as first week. If you have the faith for it, you know, I like something that the Jehovah Witness say. It's a personal decision. <laughs> it's a personal decision if you will take your entire month and call it your first fruit. Because that's the first salary you have received. And give it to church. That one is a personal decision, actually. It's a personal decision. So... But first fruit is the first money you receive. So it can be that you can go and the first time you withdraw the money, maybe if you are withdrawing, maybe the first hundred you withdraw, you can give it. I mean, we should not. God is not Godfather. He's not Godfather one and two. He's not, he's not a mafia. It's a something that we behave like God is some mafia waiting if this boom make a mistake. <laughs> the way I would deal with them. No, 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 no. You know, it's like the, the guys whose who's, who's, who was so bad. He said, if you are, if you are, you come here, I will deal with you, <laughs> you know. So, God is not like that. He's not saying go and the two, the 2,000 cities because it's your first and they bring it all to me. How will you go to work? But then you can take the very first money you take out. You can say, Lord, my very first uh, 1,000, first 500, I'm bringing it to you. That is the first before. What does that do? There will be many fruitful beginnings in your life. Oh, the uh, amen did not come. Hallelujah. Amen. There will be many, every offering on this purpose. There will be many fruitful beginnings in your life. Somebody may hold one job or one income for 10 years, but because of your first fruit, you have other income coming in, bringing other first fruit. So every offering and what it does in your life. Uh, that's Exodus 23, 16. Exodus 23, 16. And this one was also tied to, to one of the um, Asian festivals, festival for the first fruit. Then we have giving to men and women of God. 
In fact, now most of the giving has been made to appear is only given to men and women of God. But this is just one type of giving. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 to 19. And here Paul was telling them that, you know, when I came here, I did not really try and force anybody. But you people actually ministered to my needs. So my God shall supply all your needs according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, we have to quote that scripture without the context. So, so giving to men of God, and again, Jesus is just saying, if you give to a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. There's a peculiar giving that is called giving to men of God. It's a peculiar one. It's another type of giving. If you want to get into the anointing, get into their, their rewards and the rest, or push their ministry and the rest. And I told you, I was telling Eric the other day, a man was, when we went to the church, a certain man was saying that he has, um, he, give, he has, he invests in specific men of God, their ministry. That's it. And then he also pays, he has 23 elders who are on his payroll, 23 of them. And he pays them and even pays snacks. All they do is to pray for him and his companies. So he has employed them just to pray for, them, for him. And he pays and pays their snacks. And in fact, he's paying them more than some graduates are being paid. <laughs> so, um, and then we have the, um, what we call special offering or project offering. First uh, Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1 to 19. Sometimes I want to do a project and somebody will say, ah, but what about the tithe money? I'm going to use for the project. Or oh, what about the, what about, you know, the free will? No, there's, there's, there's an offering for project. And when you are in the offering for project, when you tap into it, God will also help you with your project. And, and you must remind God of those things. Father, even if I, as I'm helping to build your church, um, you know, bring resources into my life so that I can also finish with my project. God is a loving God. He's always looking for an opportunity to also uh, fulfill the laws he has set in life. So if you are not the type who likes to contribute to project offering, you'll be delaying projects in your life. You know, people like that, nobody will ever buy a house for them. Or, <laughs> or maybe if you are buying a car, you don't contribute. Nobody buy. You know, in life, there are various kinds of experiences. And there are some that people will never experience. I was telling somebody that if you are not blessed to a point in life, you will never walk into a car garage and say, that how much is this car? You don't even have the audacity to even buy back. It, it takes a certain kind of blessing before you can walk to a car garage and say, oh, this car, how much is it? Oh, this one, I think I wanted the white color. <laughs> so don't you have a black color? You will not even dare. You don't even dare go, you know, some of them go back and go and do window shopping. Go and try window shopping at the car garage. Window shopping. Go and sit in a chair. Oh, this chair, oh. You don't do window shopping in the car garage, actually. And then when you finish, you can say something like, and then there's a certain level of blessing where you can go like, oh, for this one, I'm, I'm buying it for my wife. I'm not, I'm not buying it for myself. You have to get a certain level. Oh, for this one, I'm buying it. I'm buying it for a certain anniversary. Those things come depending on how you have engaged God with your giving. And, and as your giving goes, and those people who give, they'll tell, this is what I'm talking about for yourself. You are telling us that, oh, this, just this year, I just bought myself a 500,000 Ghana CDs uh, BMW, and I bought one for my wife. Yeah. <laughs> to tell you that there's another level, you know. If he was at another level, so we, I bought a car for the family. But I said, no, I bought one for myself and one for my wife. And so the two of them alone, that's a million Ghana CDs car. Just one, just two cars, million Ghana CDs. And there's a man that is paying 
over 20 something elders to pray for him to understand so finally today on the christian giving we'll leave the tie god willing for tomorrow there's something that uh, people don't do often of late but there are people who do this who do it still um chapter did it when he told the lord father lord if you give me this victory i'll give you the first thing i'm sure there was one fast slave who always used to meet meet him that's what he was thinking i'm sure this time sarah to take the lead so let me give her to god at least that's where i can donate it to god you know god god always wants the best so he was thinking sarah to be running no 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 at that particular day sarah was in the kitchen and the daughter was running to the lead he said hey he said what happened what happened when you were making the prophecy you think your daughter could come out he said what happened pa you have really you have worried me you know so i don't agree with those who say that every offering you give it cheerfully no there are some offerings you give crying there are some offerings you give annoyed you are annoyed you are, you are giving the offering and yet you still get the reward because you didn't want to give it it is free will offering and the rest that you you give cheerfully there's something into your presence you are dancing because it's free it's, it's free will but they tell you to bring your salary you will not be singing into his presence <laughs> you'll be crying into his presence not singing <laughs> you'll be crying to his presence because you are you, you'll be thinking what am i going to eat i mean what about my children and so not all offerings that you can go there free willing and and, and hilarious and, and jumping sometimes you will be you will be to the holy ghost hey devil they will keep quiet and yet it's the holy ghost and you'll be going with all that so redeeming a vow offering is one of those offerings. let's read this one ecclesiastes chapter 3 5 verse 3 to 6. this one is very important so let's read it because i had a i had a senior working colleague who did a similar thing and he he told this uh, rep in church that this offering they are giving in church wait till everybody has given the offering and then mention the highest figure and yet he had no intention of paying. So, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3 to 6. And so after everybody has mentioned thousand, this and this and that, he raised her hand and said, 10,000, and this is a small check. Hey, where, where, where is she? <laughs> he said the kind of delegations that came to her, the pastor, the whole presbytery, and the rest. <laughs> and yet he decided, still decided not to pay. <laughs> yes, so Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3 to 6. I said 5, 3 to 6. 5, verse 3 to 6. For yeah, when a dream comes through multitude of business, and a full voice is known by multitude of voice, when thou vowest, when thou vowest a vow on the God, defer not to pay, mm-hmm. for he has no pleasure in fools. Pray <laughs> that which thou vow. Chapter 5. Yeah. Verse 5, sorry. Better is it that vowest not, than <laughs> that vowest and not be. Verse 6. Mm-hmm. Suffering not thy mouth because thy flesh to sin. Neither say thou before the angel. That was an error. Wherefore, should God be angry at thy voice? Yes. And destroy the work of thy hands. Yes. Afterwards. Yes. That verse says, in fact, the Bible here is saying there are some angels who are in charge of this thing. And they appear to be no nonsense angels. 
they don't want to do to I mean because they know how hallowed God is. So they don't understand why a mere human being you come and make promises to God. Do you think God is a small boy? <laughs> so I think that's what they'll be saying. Do you think God God is a small boy? You come and stand before this hallowed God that they can't even look at him. And then you come and stand and say, I, okay, 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 God, please, please. As some people say, uh, young Gicho said the first time we prayed to God, he said, Hello, Mr. Jesus. <laughs> Mr. Jesus, if you if you heal me, that's why you didn't even have to finish your Mr. Jesus. Mr. Jesus, if you if you heal me, I will serve you all the days of my life. People have made such promises, Mr. Jesus. That's why you called him. So you come to stand there, God, if you give me a, a loving and a new husband, I will I will do ABCD. And once the wedding comes, you forget completely. Hey! The Bible said there are angels that are ready to strike something of yours as, uh, to make up for it. Those who, are, those who are quick to make promises, especially when you are praying and you are, you are overcome with sadness. <laughs> if you don't take it, you make promises very soon. Because if your time is delaying, Lord, you see how the school thing. Oh, Lord, if you give me the school, I tell you that you made a promise. You will even forget. If I, will, I will do that. And then you go to the school, and that same school. Oh, you know, now they, they make them. I have to take time and study. I can't be going to check like the very same promise you made. But the one to do with money is even worse. Don't promise God offering and not give. That's what the Bible is saying. Don't say, God, do this for me, and I'll give you a thousand Ghana cities. That is what, that is what killed Ananias and Sapphira. Otherwise, offering, they say, Obiyama, Obiyama. But they said to God, please, you know, people have been giving their offering, big, big, big offerings. They also said, God, if you do this for me and that, we will sell all our things and bring it. But when they saw they realized, that oh, this money, nah, this is too much. You can't give all this money to God. So Bible says, said, hey, it's not me. Just say, it's not me you are deceiving, it's the Holy Ghost. And I'm sure the angels are, you, take the lead. And so I'm sure they'll make it to heaven, but as for dying, they die too early. <laughs> so these are the various kinds of blessings, um, offerings that as a Christian we can engage God with. Actually, you can give, a, you can make a, a pledge on your children and all of those things. But as the Bible is saying, don't make pledges when you are not in the habit of fulfilling them. Don't just, don't make them at all. Just give, make it a free will offering. Make it a thanksgiving offering. We didn't even talk about thanksgiving offering. Make it a, a thanksgiving offering. You know, just, just, just do that a thanksgiving offering. And that will be enough. Don't make a pledge. Because the pledge one, I know shit. It's like you, you are challenging God for something. You know, you are challenging God. God, if you do this one for me. And because God wants to do that, He is bigger than you, He will do it. And don't say that you have tricked him. Because I, I, um, somebody was preaching, he was making promises to God. And then somebody said, ah, now this thing you are saying, can you trick him? May trick him. May trick him. I mean, you can't trick God, actually. You can't say, oh, don't trick it, you can't trick God. So that is, if you have made some promise, go back. Go back and look, because there's one angry angel standing by you, waiting to, to it's the mercy of God that has been keeping him. So, finally, um, in this first part of the series, um, these are the many ways God wants to bless us, and it's a relationship. Once we do this, our part, he'll do his part. Um, we bless even as we give to the Lord,